Jansen Harris here with the final play on the Just Good Network. Joining me is Jonathan Williams from the Pan Olean and HottyToddy.com. Also, Sean Fowler, like always, you guys see us all, always doing broadcasts. I want to talk about the Hawks. They're in fifth place right now in the Eastern Conference. A little bit of a surprise, 35 and 30. Let's talk about John Collins. In recent interviews, he kind of alluded to his frustration with the organization not getting the contract that he wanted. Obviously, him and his agent, he feels like he's worth max dollars. We'll start with you, Jonathan. Do you think that the 23-year-old John Collins is worth a max contract? Well, I, well, first I like to say I like John Collins a lot. He's a very underrated player. I feel like he's never always gotten the credit he deserves because I feel like he's played such a big part in our Hawks organization. Um, I think it's kind of it's kind of tough because you look at John Collins. He's a guy who he'll give you around 18, uh, 18 19 points per night. Uh, he's pretty good efficiently uh, getting rebounds, and he's really good at playing defense as well. Um, I feel like he's getting better every single year. I wouldn't say just yet he's ready for a max contract. I'd probably give him another year or so to kind of see if he can improve on what he's already done for the Hawks organization. Because, like I said, he's definitely a big-time player for the Hawks. doesn't really get the credit he deserves. But I feel like him and Trey Young are really good together, and they should kind of continue to keep that duo intact. Okay. Sean, I know you're here in Atlanta with me, and you've been focusing a little bit in on that Hawks team. Do you feel like John Collins is worth that max contract? Uh, I kind of agree with Jonathan. You know, I st- still need to see a little bit more. You know, he has 17, he's averaging 17.7 points a game, almost seven and a half rebounds. You know, he's one of their, I guess if you could say a big three, him, Clint Capella, Trey Young, obviously uh, is ter- emerging to a superstar, I should say. So it is good to try to keep the nucleus. But at the same time, man, we see with the trades every time in the NBA, you know, he can always be used for, say, possibly for, I hate to say it, a Brooklyn Nets team or somebody else who doesn't, you know, they're loaded, right? But they can always use the John Collins because he is a good player. He's not, he's more like almost a star player, not a superstar yet. But I mean, at the same time, you know, you want that contract. I need to see more all-stars. You know, I need to see more, you know, at least second all-NBA, you know, appearances, something like that. We understand the East and I with Kevin Durant. You know, James Harden, all these guys, it's going to be tough to get all-star votes. But at the same time, if you want big money, I need big play. So, you know, with John Collins, I think the Hawks are trying to keep him. But at the same time, this is a business, you know. So I think uh, it's, it's tough. I want to pay him the money. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to see if we can, re, you know, reconstruct the deal. But uh, I, I probably can't pay him right now. I need to see more. Maybe, maybe after the season, the postseason, I'll think about it. It depends. It is an interesting situation because it's like John Collins is a pretty good player, expanded his game from just being an inside dunking athlete type of player to starting to knock down that three-pointer. His numbers, yes, if we're being fair, took a little bit of a dive. Like this isn't his best season. So I I think the Hawks, in a way, they did try to trade him. I I really do feel like they tried to move him. Just like both of you guys said, it's tough because I think he is worth the max money. Uh, probably not. But who is him and his agent to say that's not what they should command? Because he, he is, we could say maybe he's trending up. John Collins is a hard player to read because he is really good. Do you believe in that relationship with Trey Young and John Collins? It's like if you believe it, they could be that one-two because he kind of alluded to maybe being the next AD and LeBron James, that duo they could build in Atlanta. He alluded to it and and said it brought him some confidence that there were some stats and numbers that supported that. So we'll see moving forward if the Hawks view him like that number two player 
to help continue to build this Hawks team. Let's go into your guys, Sean, Damian Lillard. We had this argument last year a lot of time. You just did it right there, Dame time, right? Is he a top five player, Sean? Right now, I say no. Top five, no. I still haven't. Because when you look at top five, I, I'll give you the list. LeBron James, Kevin Durant. I still have I have to put Kawhi in there. These are overall. You know, Steph Curry. Steph Curry deserves to be in there. And James Harden rounds it off with me. Now, when I go six and seven, I'll be honest. Like, you know, I understand Joel Embiid, the, the, the Jokers in the world. I'm not going to mention Giannis. No, I'm not going to do that yet. And then I'll say Dame Lillard is around possibly six, seven, eight, around that, right, around there. But for me, Dame Lillard, man, hey, I love Dame. It's my favorite NBA player, although I'm a Lakers fan. But Damian Lillard, you gotta, gotta, I gotta see more in the playoffs as well. I'm not saying like he hasn't shown up in the playoffs, but in order for me overall to have that top five, I gotta see what you can do regular season and postseason of this year. Now, is he a top five player as far as his best seasons? Yeah, like, like uh, this year. Yeah, sure. But you know, I how I rate top five overall, over our rankings is what have you done, say the last two to three years? You know, because Tom Brady, you can have say. Was he a top five quarterback this year? Possibly, but we all know he's the great, because, you know, the goat because of his career accomplishments. So Dame Willard, you know, is he a top five? I, hey, he's close, but I'm gonna have to give Steph Curry, especially on his, his little run that he's had the last couple of weeks. You know, you know how it is. We always have these conversations, Jansen. It's a toss up me between Curry and Steph um, and Dame Willard right now. Yeah. I'm gonna give the edge to Curry right now. He, he gets him on top five. Dame is close though. We'll, we'll see during postseason. How do you feel about it, Jonathan? I kind of agree with Sean here. I I feel like it's uh, when we have these topics, um, it's always LeBron and Katie at number one and number two for me. Uh, they just they've always been really great leaders over the past couple of few years as well. Even though they both battle a, a couple of injuries, I still put them comfortably at one and two. Um, for Damian Lillard, I'd put him around maybe six or seven, kind of like Sean said. Um, I I like I I like uh, I like Kawhi around three or four, especially him and Curry. I, Actually, I'll probably put Curry at the three spot just because he's he's just been, you know, out of this world lately. And I put Kawhi right at that four spot. Uh, at number five, I'll probably put Giannis. I feel like he's had a, a big impact on the Bucks because I feel like he's just very important to that franchise. I think they want to keep him there as long as possible. And when I kind of rank my list, I look on impact of what players have on their teams. So I kind of, that's how I kind of structure my list because – um, all those five players that I mentioned, they've made such impacts, whether it's uh, championships, MVPs, um, and, you know, kind of just leading their team to be one of the top teams in their conferences. And not uh, kind of hating on Dame, but I feel like uh, the the, uh, the Trailblazers haven't done much to put talent around him. Uh, I've never been sold on C.J. McCollum, even though he's a good player. Um, and Dame has always kind of led them around that second round uh, conversation. He's never really been – uh, put in a situation, I want to say, where he's had a team and he can kind of match up against these other teams. So it's kind of hard to say whether I think uh, he's a top five player. So I kind of put him around six and seven. I kind of like him with uh, maybe I'll put him maybe at six and maybe and be at seven. But to say he's top five, it's really hard just because I feel like he hasn't had the talent level on his team as those other top five guys have. Where's James Harden at, Jay? Um, excuse me. Where, where's James Harden at? Uh, I, I'm, uh, well, I'll probably put James around. Like, uh, I wouldn't put James top five. I feel like okay, all right. I, all right. I know that's a hot take. I wouldn't put him top five only because I feel like he has a lot of nights where he can go like three for sixteen on the three point line, 
and his stats can kind of overshadow that because he can go to the line like 20 times a night. He can have okay. a bad field, uh, field goal percentage, and he can still maybe have like 30, maybe 40 points a night. Um, okay. He also gets a lot of turnovers, which I really hate, you know, for players, you know, to be the same. Okay, okay. okay. Jonathan, I, I want to go back to Dame real quick. Is there anything he can do in the playoffs this season that could potentially put him in that top five range? Yes, I feel like if he can uh, if he can push himself to somehow defeat like the top teams in the West, such as the Suns and the Jazz, if he ever gets to meet up with them, and of course the Lakers as well, I would put him in that range just because I feel like at this point he's just dragging the uh, Portland Trailblazers to their success. So yeah, I would say if maybe if he could reach the Western Conference Finals, then I would uh, uh, consider putting him in that list. I wouldn't solidify him in that list though. Okay, Sean, do you do you feel the same way? Same exact way. You know, I, I, I've said coming into this year, in order for the Portland Trailblazers specifically to get the respect, watch the conference finals. And it has to be. That. I understand we look at Portland, you think automatically of the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, you know the, the, the Nets, even though they're in the uh, Eastern Conference. But for Portland to get that respect, look, I, I understand that, you know, you know they, they're not as loaded superstars on the team. Dame is really the only superstar. They got some good play, role players. I think T.D. McCollum is very good. He gets just about sometimes, especially from mid-range. But you know what? They they got enough scores in their team. Carmelo Anthony, your boy. Yep. And he's looking really good this year. Um, uh, in the last couple of years, he's really re resurrected his career in Portland. You know, the uh, uh Norman Powell, uh Ennis Cannon, very good rebounders, uh, um, you know, second chance points, jo Joseph Nurkish. They have guys they can score. Portland's one of the best offensive teams in the whole NBA. So, you know, facing Portland in a seven-game series is gonna be tough. You know, so at the same time, I mean, they might not have all those superstars on there, and their defense, is, their defense is lagging. But I feel like in order for for Dame, even someone of Dame, I, you know, he, he's getting the sponsors. People respect him. They have him as number two or probably three as far as the point guards. I think he's the second best, if not right there with Curry. But the point is, I feel like in order for for, for them and for them and even Dame to get that respect, they you got to at least make it to the Western Conference Finals. You got to win. You know, I understand the playing games and these are happening, but. But for them to be respected, it has to be because you got too much talent, and Dame has reached his level, especially this year, MVP conversations, unlike other years, where we're hey, you got to at least make it to the Western Conference. No one's expected to make it to the finals, but at least the Western Conference for me. Okay, before we move on and talk about the Clippers, and we know the collapse last year against the Nuggets, I, I still want to touch on this Damian Lillard and, and Trailblazers thing real quickly. And Jonathan, I'll, I'll start with you. Do you think we're looking at the Suns? We're looking at the Jazz. Are, are these teams you think the Trailblazers could take to seven games? I definitely think so. I think the most part of uh, the Jazz and the Suns is not only they're the top two teams, I feel like they, they've been the most uh, healthiest teams in the league this year, which I think credit is to their success. I think um, any team you can put in front of Dame, I think, uh, I think they'll definitely give them some trouble just because you never know what Damian Lillard's going to do every night. And like I said, they have Carmelo Anthony, they have CJ McCollum, which they can, they all three can go off. I feel like you're never really say you can never really say how a series can go with the Portland Trailblazers. Even though I don't think, you know, of course, I don't think they'll make it far this year. I will never count them out against any team. Okay. Charles, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the chance against the Suns and teams like the Jazz? Same. I mean, it, it matters if the game is close. The game is close coming to game time. You know what I mean? And, and, and like Jonathan said, you know, they got um, they got other pieces. Carmelo has been he's been clutch in, in certain scenarios as well. Um, Robert Covington's having a decent season. Like 
Portland offensively, they're always they, – I think they have the most first-quarter points, which is they average around 30 to 30 to 33 first-quarter points. So that's – you know, that, that, that ranks very high. So with them, man, it's just about their defense is their Achilles heel, James. We've seen last year in the bubble, you know, they had a lot of close games because they couldn't stop nobody. You know what I mean? So that's going to be their Achilles heel. But but as far as – but, but the name of the game is offense, man. So I feel like Portland facing those teams – you know the Suns and Jazz. We got to be honest. We respect them. We, we think we think one of those two teams can make it to the Western Conference. But I think we all we all kind of have that question: Are they for real though? Can we really can we imagine these first two teams, uh, number one and number two, the Suns, the, the Suns and Jazz? Is, is that a Western Conference final? I bet everybody on this show would say no because they just they can't imagine without LeBron or the Clippers, at least one of the two. So so and you know I got to – Facing one of those two teams, Jason, for the Trailblazers, I think, yeah, it can go to seven at least. Okay, the Clippers are 43-22. and 22. They're in fourth place in the Western Conference. Three and a half games back last year, their expectations were to get to the championship. Many people thought that the Clippers would win the NBA Finals. They didn't even reach the Western Conference Finals. They had a major collapse. What do you think the ceiling is this season? We'll start with you, Sean, for the Clippers. Man, it's the same as last year, I think, man. And especially coming in with uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, a new face in Tyron Lue. And I'm saying at least at the Western Conference Finals or, or the finals, they, they brought in they brought in Serge Ibaka. You still have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you know, they, they having these guys, uh, Patrick Beverly still, so they get a little, a little bit more chemistry, you know what I mean. So for them, for the Clippers, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because they seem like an afterthought because of the Brooklyn Nets, you know, assembled the whole Avengers based on their roster with, with all the acquisitions that they had. So it's like, oh, yeah, and then you automatically think of the Lakers. And it's like, it's like oh, yeah, the Clippers. I forgot they I forgot they kind of had a super team. So, But for the Clippers, you know, they I feel like having Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George is still, still a good dynamic duo, you know. And unfortunately, I feel like if they don't at least make it, if, they don't, if they're not competitive and, and if they don't make it to the Western Conference, I, I think Kawhi's is going to – the ship is going to sink. Some, somebody's going to leave. You know what I mean? So I feel like at least for them, man, Western Conference Finals are finals this year. Do you have any confidence, Sean, before moving to Jonathan with Paul George? We, we've seen Paul George have some bad performances in playoff games. Do you yeah. think there's a difference maybe this season with – Tyron Lue there, maybe saying something to him or motivating him in different ways that maybe Doc Rivers couldn't. You know what? It's yet to be determined. I say that because on one hand, we all know Paul George is possibly a top 10 talent, I should say. And I'm probably not top 10 overall, but he's a top 10 talent. You know, he can score, he can defend. He's one of the better, uh, you know, you know, scores, scores and defenders in the league. But you know, it, it, it really depends because because sometimes Paul George has had – it's reason he said he's playoff feet. You know, he had he had a couple games in the playoffs like, wow, he's got like 40 points in a game. But then but then he averaged like 15 the rest of the – you know, the rest of the series. So, you know, I, probably probably not having to be in a bubble, you know what I mean, and stay in a hotel for like months. It, it, it could do well with the psyche. I, I know he kind of kind of mentioned that before, but – um. I, I just don't know. I don't. I really don't know, Jason. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I, I got to see. I got to see. Okay, Jonathan, your thoughts on this Clippers team and, and their ceiling? I, I think this is a really tough conversation to have. Uh, I feel like um, the Clippers. They've always been a team to. They look good on paper. <laughs> they always seem to pick up confidence as they roll into the playoffs, but they never can seem to kind of just put the pieces together. Um, 
while saying that though, I think the uh, the Clippers are still a, a title contender, and I say that because I think the West is really stacked this year. But I think the main problem with the Clippers uh, have they've had over the years is uh, finally gone, and that's Doc Rivers. I love Doc Rivers, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the Clippers have had uh, two uh, good of teams to make further runs in the playoffs. And even though, you know, Tyron Lue, we kind of already know the backstory on him with uh, Cleveland, I really have confidence uh, in the Clippers this year. I like the addition of Rajon Rondo. I feel like he's made a big impact for the Clippers offensively. Um, I like, I really want to see Paul George do something in this playoff series. Though. I think if Paul George cannot get it on track, if he can't shoot better like he did la- last season with the uh, last playoffs, which was, it was just horrible. Um, I feel like it just uh, depends on how Paul George plays for them in the playoffs. I have confidence in Kawhi Leonard to get the job done defensively and offensively. I really like the Clippers, this team this year. Uh, just all around, they have a really good bench. I like their coaching staff. Um, they seem to win big games uh, this season. It is all revolves around if Paul George can actually show up or not. Uh, Jonathan, you mentioned Rajon Rondo. How big of an impact on this team is he making? Just looking at a player who has won two championships. He has that championship pedigree. How big is it for, not just because we know Kawhi Leonard has won a championship, but for Rajon Rondo's voice? How, how do you think it affects that locker room for the Clippers? I think it makes a big impact. Like I said, he has playoff experience and he's won a championship before. And I kind of I want, I want, kind of say he's a veteran nowadays, so I think he can make a big impact. He's really good at facilitating the ball, so that's probably the less minutes for Patrick Beverly. So, uh, I think that kind of improves them offensively. I like I like his mojo. I like what he does on and off the court. Uh, he just seems to he can take a leadership role if he needs to. I feel like he's also matured more uh, along the years because we know he had some chemistry issues with multiple teams in the past. Um, but I think he's like a big impact to the point where I wouldn't even say the Clippers were a, a championship contender had they not have uh, Rajon Rondo at it this year. That's how big of an impact I think he's made on this team. Okay. I'm here with Sean Fowler and Jonathan Williams of Panolian and HottyToddy.com. Let's talk about the defending champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis is finally starting to show some of those injuries, right? He's had some problems this year in LeBron James. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games, and they're sliding down those standings. Sean, let's start with you, big-time Lakers fan, and you're really proud of it. How, how do you feel about Anthony Davis and LeBron James's chances for them both to stay healthy? Are, are you confident right now with this, the duo staying um, healthy? I mean, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be tough because you never know. Freak accidents happen, you know, uh, granted for LeBron. Um, fortunately for him, you know, it's rare that it does happen, you know. But um, I think at least with LeBron having his time off, I believe he's a smart enough player to understand his body. You know, when he came back, if, if it was an emergency, um, you know, the playoffs already started. I feel, I feel like he would have came back uh, prior, you know, you know, if needed be. But he came back, and, and I feel like I trust LeBron as far as understanding his body, you know. So that it, you know, at the same time, Anthony Davis, I mean, he, he you know, he has had injuries, like, you know, like, just like you brought um, coming into the question in the past. But, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, Jens, but I feel like with those two in the court in the playoff series, you know, at least having – a day or two off um, and not having to play back-to-back games like like, like, like the content season has been, I feel like uh, I feel like if they can stay healthy, man, this team is still should be the favorite. So will they stay healthy is the question. But but I feel like I feel like at least to start a playoffs in the next couple of weeks, I feel like, I feel like uh, they'll be okay. How do you feel about it, Jonathan? I, I kind of agree with Sean because when we talk about the Lakers and LeBron, 
we know what type of animal LeBron is in the playoffs, and that makes us the impact on itself. I think LeBron could turn any team into a title contender. But like I said, the question is, can he stay healthy? And I think for the most part, I think LeBron, like I said, like kind of like what Sean said, I feel like he knows his body. I feel like LeBron would probably be maybe a close to 100% at least before we hit the playoffs. Uh, same with AD. I know he's he's uh, came back and all, and he's kind of slowly progressing, of course, even though we know we, you can tell he's not the same AD before injury. But like I said, I wouldn't be too worried if I was the Lakers fan just because I feel like LeBron makes such a big impact on that team, especially Anthony Davis. I think they'll show in the playoffs, and I think they'll get the job done. I'm not really concerned. It's just a matter of fact if, if they can stay healthy. Okay, so we have Denver, we have the Clippers, we have the Suns, we have the Jazz. Sean, what's your confidence level that the Lakers could just walk through the Western Conference? Do you think they'll have any issues, or do you still feel like they're superior than all these other teams? No, no. Even if the Lakers were fully healthy, I feel like it's not a cakewalk this year. You know, you know team, teams are really gunning to um, – to try to reach their title hopes, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and with the Lakers, it's still a new team, you know. And being being that Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been out for the, for, for the better six or seven weeks, you, you know, you still you still got to form that chemistry again, you know what I mean? So, I mean, with the Lakers, again, again I, I give them the edge over those two teams uh, or, or over those teams because they are still defending NBA champions. But at the same time, a cakewalk, no, I don't agree with that. I don't, I, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk. I expect at least – um, I, don't, I don't even think it'll be as easy as last year. I think going to the finals, they defeat everybody in at least five games. So I expect six games at the at least six games. Um, you know, at least going into the playoffs. But you know, I'm gonna be surprised if they go seven. And you know, we can't forget about those Clippers. So if they face the Clippers, possibly in the second round, we might see. Or the Lakers are the sixth seed right now. I, I think they are five or six right now. Um, um, it, it, the Lakers might have to start off. Uh, they might have to start off with a, with a strong contender in the first round. So. Yeah, I don't expect the kickball. You still think they're favorites of the West, though, Sean? You're, you're I they're because they're still the defending champions. You got okay. LeBron, you got AD, you still got Kuzma, KCP, those guys, the main core. But, uh, but, but, hey, the NBA's definitely got better this year, especially at the Western Conference. So they are. But, yeah, yeah, they should be the favorites. Absolutely. Jonathan, how do you feel about Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Do you, do you see them staying healthy, and do you see them potentially getting to the finals? Do you see that any problem with this team right now, or do you are you confident in them? Like like I said, I feel like uh, I feel like they can be healthy coming around playoff time. Kind of like what Sean said, I feel like the West hasn't been a cakewalk in the past like fifteen years. I want to say I feel like <laughs> always teams, even when you get to like the sixth, seventh, eighth seed, that always causes problems for the top seed. I know back in two thousand ten, remember the eighth seed Grizzlies knocked off the number one Spurs team, and not saying that's going to happen. You know, something like that's going to happen this year. But I feel like every team in the West can just give you problems. So the kind of like when you can tell, you really don't know what's going to happen. Do I think the Lakers are the top contenders in the West? Yes, I do. I feel confident that if they can stay healthy, if they can get LeBron back to LeBron mode, I feel like mm-hmm. they are a really big threat in the West. And I feel like they're always, and not even just in the West, but just in the NBA in general. That's how big of a deal I would like to say. When I say it's a cakewalk, definitely not. I feel like they'll come around maybe a six or seven game series along the way. But I think they'll persevere and get through that. Okay, before we end the broadcast, Jonathan, is LeBron James healthy, still the best player in the NBA? Definitely. And I say that just because when we when you have a healthy LeBron, his leadership kind of just flows throughout the team. And when, when I say that, I mean just his inspiration, the way he can kind of encourage players to play on. 
somehow he can just sometimes just drag his teams to victory. I always feel like he's become a better passer, especially throughout the years. I feel like he just makes such a big impact on the Lakers to the point where I feel like they can, as long as he's with the Lakers, they'll always be a championship contender. Even though I feel like he's, of course, he's aging. But over the next couple of years, I feel like they'll be a contender with LeBron on that team. How do you feel about it, Sean? Is LeBron James the best player in the NBA when healthy? I'll give up. I'll say yeah because um, I, I like his effort in his defense this year. You know, you know, you know. I think he had a couple games with like three or more blocks, and um, you know, I like seeing that LeBron. I, you know, I still vaguely remember his first year. Kyle Kuzma literally, literally pushed LeBron saying, "Go play defense." He pushed him in the bag because he wasn't defending. So, and I remember me and uh, me and Jansen had arguments. I said Kevin Durant's the best player when LeBron first got first got on the Lakers. You know, and I, hey, I'll be honest, I wasn't one of the Laker fans. Who, 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 was, who was like, yes, we got LeBron James. You know, I was more like, eh, I don't know. You know, that, that's just because of the because the, the rivalry between the Kobe at the time. But but uh, no, I'll give it LeBron. I think he's the best player, man. He just won an NBA championship, uh, NBA Finals MVP as well. Um, he's still doing an amazing job. I think I think averaging around 26, 8, and 8. So um, LeBron, he's still the best. Hey, in order to be the champ, in order to be the champ, uh, you got to be the champ. So LeBron's still number one, but but Kevin Durant is right there. If he's okay. Still there, Okay, so we Jonathan Williams with Panolian and HottyToddy.com and Sean Fowler. I, I appreciate you guys. Also want to mention we are sponsored by Your Future Media. For all media purposes, visit Your Future Media and Got Skills Pro for the in the Atlanta area. If you need assembly or handyman work, visit www.gotskillspro.com. Thanks, fellas, for joining me, talking some basketball. Hopefully we do this more often. You guys did a great job. Appreciate it.